Welcome to the podcast, Jack Wilson. Thank you, Tony. Now tell me, what's going on with your sister? She's just up in the room, uh, sleeping the day away. And have you had any talks with her? Thank you, pardon. Have you had any talks with your sister while she's been in her room? I had a few FaceTime talks, but that was it. And do you, what do you miss about Polly? How we used to fall on my bed and... She gives you big hugs on the bed, does she? She gives me big hugs on the bed. You looking forward to her getting out? Yeah. Code Roulette. Stories from the pandemic. Hi, my name's Tony Wilson, and over the next few weeks, I'll be hosting a podcast series about COVID stories, personal stories from the cities of Yarra and Darabin, just documenting an oral history of what's going on in these extraordinary times. And right now, I'm climbing the staircase in my own house because we've got COVID here. My daughter, Polly, is in her room. She's been in there for five days. Polly! I was going to ask you some questions about having COVID. Don't open the door. <laughs> I'll come out on the deck, okay? And I'll talk to you through the window. So tell us about having COVID. How did you first find out? I had a bit of a sore throat. And then the next day I had a headache. And then I did a test, but it came back negative, And I thought that there was like a tiny line. But it was kind of hard to see. You had to put it in the light to be able to see it. And then the next day it came back positive. So tell us what the sickness feels like. What was your sick? What were the things? All at the same time, I had like a sore throat, a headache, and I felt nauseous. Did you feel like eating? And what about, you know, toileting? Yeah. No, I was fine on the toilet. I just had a... And I didn't really feel like eating just because I felt like I was going to vomit. I was trying to just like look at my phone and forget, but I couldn't look at my phone. I was that sick. Like, so yeah, it only lasted a, like 24 hours or a bit longer. But after that, I just didn't have any symptoms. And how, did, how do you think you caught it? I went to Macca's after school on Friday with three friends and one of them had it. And then I went the next night to Moomba with... Though the other two friends and two other friends and we were all negative but I either caught it on the Friday or at Moomba because it was packed. And what do you reckon the gap is between exposure and symptoms? Two or three days. What are some of the the penalties I guess of COVID? Well I went outside into the backyard uh, yesterday and mum was like oh I'll get you your book Polly you can sit out here for a bit. And that would have been quite nice, but she forgot about me (laughs) and forgot to get my book. So I was literally just out there with my own thoughts for like an hour. Basically, I'm just in my room. It goes fast and long at the same time. Have you felt sort of bad that you might have exposed people? Is there a sense that that's happened? Uh, Well, so my auntie Shah was going to go to Byron Bay and she came over on Monday and then like later on Monday, I was feeling just a bit sore throaty yeah and then later that week Shah says her test came back positive as she did a rat 
last minute and it came back positive and that would have been horrible for her and so I know that wasn't much I could have done because it's not necessarily my fault but I still felt quite bad and it was a reunion wasn't it with 10 friends yeah it wasn't good <laughs> from around the world yeah sort of thing. it was I felt really bad after that you realize the tentacles of COVID because you know I think Meg's tested positive today but even in your little circle it starts and then just spreads out doesn't it yeah what about the things that you've missed out on? What have you missed out on this week? So yesterday there was a big concert. Uh, it was for Spacey Jane and they're quite a big band in Australia. That was very upsetting. I was meant to go with two other friends. And then Sunday I had a party that I was going to go to. But the main big thing I was just upset about because yesterday it happened. That was the day of Spacey Jane. Afterwards, I was seeing all these videos on like social media on it. And it was just a bit upsetting that I couldn't go. And tell us about some of the, the routines around the house. Okay, so I wake up, if I wake up early, I'm usually a bit hungry in the morning. So I go, hey guys, to our little fam group chat, which is just me, mum and dad. And I go, hey guys, can I have some food and water? No response. <laughs> no response. Mum would maybe reply like an hour later going, coming now, Paul, what do you want to eat? Or something like that. But by then, I'm very hungry. How does the food get delivered? Well, mum leaves it outside of my door, or dad. It's never the other kids because mum and dad are a bit paranoid that they'll like catch it through my door or something. So mum sacrifices herself and puts herself out on the front lines to drop off the plates outside my room. That's basically the only interaction I have. Apart from the other day, actually, I was, I was where I am sitting right now, looking out through this window and Alice was on the deck and we were playing. This is like the first time I've seen her in a few days. We, we decided to play charades and it was very funny. But it was just me yelling through my side and her trying to explain through the other side. And Alice has turned up. Alice, what's the house been like with the isolation over the last week? I don't know. Because we're close contacts, aren't we? We haven't been allowed out. Have you missed out on anything this week? Soccer. What else? Swimming. Yeah. Kelly Sports. Kelly Sports. School. School. Are you looking forward to getting out of isolation as a close contact? No. Well, you like it, do you? Like, do you like being at home from school? Yes. What about, oh, what about getting to the bathroom and keeping the bathroom safe from the rest of the family? Oh, yeah. Well, it's the bathroom that me, Harry, Alice and mum usually always use. I take a deep breath in and I run but I still don't breathe in the hallway. And then I close the door. Um, it's one of your polluted pl- yeah, places you're allowed it's to. It's been marked by my <laughs> infectious breath. <laughs> and I guess we've been pretty lucky, you'd have to say. There's been no other infections so far. Yeah, so that's, that's either lucky or unlucky because this could stretch out. Well, I feel like I've been, like, I didn't really see Jack. That was the main person that we don't want to get up. Jack has cerebral palsy and he's a high risk person and so he's likely he's more at risk than us having it badly compared to us and so we were in Red Hill for lockdown just to for Jack's health and safety but then during summer when COVID was really breaking out in Victoria we went to Tassie and then we stayed an extra week because we were really holding out until he got his vaccine and we gave him his vaccine in Tassie then that last week didn't we yeah it was very, it's always been like 
guys, protect Jack, protect Jack, which is totally fair enough. To be honest, I was getting very sick of it because mum was just so full on about it. So as soon as we went back to school, I was saying, mum, it's going to break out in school. I'm just going to get it. And so then I finally get it. And then I'm, you know, I'm quite worried about Jack because I can't remember how long it's been since I've like talked to him or hugged him. And I don't think I hugged him since like before Moomba. But as soon as I had like a headache or a sore throat, I just stayed right away from him. At least he hasn't got it, which I'm thankful about. Yeah, well, it's, that's been a great result. You've been really disciplined since you've had it. We, have, we haven't seen you break out of your room. You must be going crazy. What's, is there any advice you've got for anyone who gets it? I mean, pr- stay away from your family. Have like a lot of activities you could do or things you should do, like work or just crafts. Or maybe like learn a musical instrument. Like YouTube's great for that. I was just learning, relearning Blackbird on the guitar. And yeah, go in your backyard every once in a while. And finally, were you vaccinated? I was. I was double vaxxed. Yeah, I was not triple vaxxed because I don't know if my age can yet. I don't think you can. Yeah. In yeah. fact, that's a question we could ask our experts. Well, thanks, Polly. You've been a star and well done. I'm sorry I'm a bit slow getting the food up here. That's okay. I'm not too hungry yet. You're lucky. So that's Polly upstairs in her little bedroom prison, and she's been very tough and resilient. But I thought I might interview my co-conspirator when it comes to not answering her FaceTimes quickly enough or getting her enough food at the first demand, and that is my wife, Tamsin. I think uh, generally it's been a fairly full-on challenge, but when the positive result first came in, I told Polly she was upstairs and everyone else was downstairs because I couldn't think of another way to sort of contain it. So the upstairs bathroom was given over to Polly and everyone else was banned from using it. And then uh, Harry forgot a couple of times and I saw him thoroughly drying his hands on Polly's towel (laughs) and uh, immediately became a fanatical towel washer and hand towel changer. But uh, yeah, I've been pretty happy with the general compliance. Polly's been amazing, really. Yeah. I know some families have looked at the convenience of all getting it together and then it's over the ISO period, but we're much more worried about the risks, aren't we, both to ourselves and Jack in particular? Definitely Jack, and that's really been the main thing that we've really concentrated on in the last two years. It's keeping Jack healthy because we don't really know what's would happen with his disability if he got COVID. He, he might be fine, but we just don't really want to test that out. Uh, and also we've got sort of contact with our parents who are in their 70s, so we're a bit worried about that. So, yeah, we, I think we've been really, really careful and I certainly, yeah, I'm trying to stop everyone else getting it. What would you say are the main um, downsides of this week? What are the things that haven't gone so well? Well, there's obviously the hassles of staying in the house with five people or six people and Polly ringing us every five minutes needing things and wanting to FaceTime everyone because she's so bored up there Um, and getting angry when we don't answer straight away. Like, I've asked for water three times. Um, but that that's really you know a minor thing. The the worst bit has been really her missing out on sort of things that she'd organised for weeks, and then of course the news just recently that um, we had a function a birthday party a couple of days before the positive result, and uh, it turned out that my sister has managed to get COVID from Polly unfortunately, and she 
found out about the uh, positive result as she was sitting at the bus stop on the way to the airport to go to a weekend with 10 school friends uh, to celebrate their 40th in Byron Bay. So she'd been negative all week and was really hopeful and then she thought she'd just better do one last test before she got on the plane and uh, it came up positive just before the bus arrived. And so in tears she went home and uh, that was the end of that plan for her. So it's it's really horrible how it spreads so easily because it seems unfair that we who live with Polly didn't seem to contract it or haven't yet and yet a visitor to our house for you know an hour and a half or two hours who wasn't even really near Polly very much has managed to get it from her so it's scary how random the um yeah the infection the nature of the infection is I guess and and how quickly it can spread and it might just be uh, you know they picked up the same cup or I mean who knows who knows how it's spread but it, it seems uh, yeah there's no rhyme or reason to it. Well thanks for that hopefully we have some luck over the next couple of days and we don't get another positive and, and hopefully we can stay away for it, from it for a bit. I noticed the other kids are holding their breath now when they cross the landing to get to their bedrooms at the top of the stairs <laughs> so it's kind of nice that they're taking it seriously. Um, yeah so fingers crossed we will remain negative. Thanks, Tam. It's fair to say that my son Jack's cerebral palsy has been front and centre to a lot of our thinking throughout the pandemic. We've been really worried about him. And I know that we're not alone when it comes to parents of kids with disabilities. And someone who knows a lot about us and is our champion to some extent, is Mandy Hose, who's the host of the Two Peas podcast with her great mate, Kate. I rang Mandy to talk about the stresses of being a parent of a child with a disability during the pandemic. Oh, hi, Mandy. Hi, Tony. How are you today? Very well. Thanks for... That's good. Thanks for talking to us about parents with disabilities and and the pandemic. Yes, my goodness, what a time. You, have you got three hours? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just wondering, what are the sorts of stories you're hearing? So we don't even have a, a son that's definitely immunocompromised. We have a son who we mm. don't think will cope. We're, we're probably not on the the worst end of the scale here. What, yes. are, what, are, you, what are you hearing? We have listeners on our podcast from all around the world. So we had people that were in America that had tiny babies and toddlers that obviously couldn't get immunised. They were in their homes for like a year, a year and a half. In my own family, we definitely pulled my daughter out of her special school early when it all broke. She has since then had COVID. We all got it like two weeks ago. And that was really unusual to be in the moment where you've been protecting your child for two years to then be in that time. Um, She got through it okay. I've actually seen her sicker in her life, but she's been immunised and she's a little bit older. So what were you worried about with your daughter? Were you the same as us? Was it sort of what would happen? Yeah, she has cerebral palsy and intellectual disability. Um, She was a nine weeks prem. She's a twin. Um, You know, her whole early childhood was in and out of hospitals with bronchiolitis and chest infections and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, at the very worst time, I thought this could kill her. And do you feel like getting to a position where the vaccines happened and did that help you mentally? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. 
mind you, she didn't get the third in time. And so I was then anxious when it happened. And I thought, has it worn off? Because it's been past six months. We were sort of in discussion with our paediatrician about, should we wait till it's a bit closer to winter? When should we do it? Yeah, so it was, uh, I suppose, confusing. And the thing we really worried about, and I don't know if this was the same for your, you or you're hearing it from your listeners, but we just worried about the disruption, the, the amount of care that Jack takes. We just wondered, oh, yes. if one of us goes down and we're really yes. sick, was, yes. that, was that also at the forefront <laughs> for you? Yes. So my other twin got COVID in January. She'd been away. So what we did was we moved my husband and my other two daughters out into my sister's house. She then moved into my parents' house and I stayed home with the twin who had it. I tried to get it and be done thinking so that when my more vulnerable daughter got it, I was well. I didn't get it. But then just two weeks ago, we all got it at once and I was I was sick and I was in bed with her just caring for each other. And, and then I missed the phone calls from the hospital because I was sleeping. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very difficult week. Um, but I did feel like I had support from Eastern Health. And what about symptoms for her and you? Was there, was there anything just terrible? Uh, I think I actually, in the longer term, it hit me longer. Um, and I suppose that's just because I'm older. Um, but they were all the sort of same symptoms that she's had with chest infections. So, you know, high temps and rapid breathing and I'm just checking her tug in her throat and her chest. And then um, Eastern Health provided us with an oxygen monitor, just dropped it at our front door. So she really likes that and she uses it all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not below 92. I was like, okay, come and get me when you're below 92. <laughs> Is there one story that's got you on the podcast in the last six months? I think I think the twin mum in America um, that had both twins were um, young, three, and immunocompromised, and was in her house, took her other child out of school, started doing homeschooling, couldn't go to any therapies, couldn't socialise those little children for nearly two years. She just stayed in her house. And I just thought that was bravery and because we come from a different story here in america and she's like i wish we were like melbourne your country's taking this seriously and it's true we've we really feel that sort of uh, surge of affection when you see someone wearing a, a mask on public transport yes. or trying don't you i mean it's it's yes. funny our category of person just really appreciates that effort definitely and where are you now mandy we're all pretty well and recovered We've finished term one. Actually, my daughter's going away for the night with a support worker and a friend from her special school and her support worker. And that just makes me want to cry my eyes out because she's 16 and a half and she's going to have fun for a night and, um, and I get a little break. This is all the stuff that she's missed out on as a teenager. I'm absolutely thrilled that she's going to experience a bit of life today and tomorrow. Oh, Mandy, thanks a lot oh. for... Thanks a lot for taking our call and, and it's really interesting. It's a great podcast to listen to if you're interested in the world that is inhabited by parents of kids with disabilities and that's mm. the 2Ps podcast, highly recommended. Thank you. You're a guest on there yourself, a bean. I am a bean. So yeah, if you want to listen to my interview with Gary Hills, I think I got to cry in myself on that one <laughs> yeah please come and have a listen but thank you for having me on yours today i'm really um, thrilled to be a part of it thanks mandy thank you tony well we're on the last day of iso here we are okay 
What's about to happen, Jack? She's about to come no, down. She's about to come down. Polly Wilson, come on, clap her. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be back. We missed you all. Big air hug. I'm still worried you're contagious. Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our first episode. I'm Tony Wilson. COVID Roulette is an Elfington Community Centre project and it has been funded through the Victorian Government's Local Community Access Grants Program. It's conceived and produced by myself and Leanne Coglin. Our musical theme is from David Bridie. Our artwork from Lee Arkapore. A big thank you to Mandy Hose of the 2Ps podcast for being a special guest on this one. Thanks to my family members too, Polly, Tanzan, Alice, Jack. There are more episodes coming and if you think you've got a great COVID story, get in touch. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Stay safe everyone and remember on the roulette wheel of COVID, the square you want to be on is the one marked vaccinated. Until next time. Did you have a vaccination? Um, yes, I did actually. But and what did it feel like? Very needlish. <laughs>